FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. We had a wild weekend for the 2022 NFL draft, and we had a number of FCS players, a lot. I believe we had a record number of FCS players that were selected in this year's NFL draft. I'm going to be going through all of the guys that were selected, all 24 of the players that were drafted from the FCS on today's episode. No Sean Anderson today. He's off in Italy. He's off doing his own uh, thing on an adventure, which is ironic that he's the one in Italy, yet I'm, I'm the one who's still here in the United States. Talking about the 2022 NFL draft, where would I rather be? I'd rather be here than in Italy. So hope Sean's having a fun time. If you don't know who I am, Joe DeLeon, former Rhode Island long snapper, as well as NFL draft analyst with the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. We're going to go through all 24 of these picks, not each one specifically, not going to break down every single pick, but going to hit on the ones that I have thoughts on um, and recapping where these FCS guys landed, who maybe has the best landing spots. All that is going to be coming up. Just want to tell you folks about today's sponsor, which is Bet Online, of course. I actually made a, a ton of bets on Bet Online for the draft, and I, I thought that I lost a ton of money, but I, I pretty much I pretty much broke even uh, after making all my bets, which isn't bad because the draft is probably one of the most unpredictable things, and this year's NFL draft was certainly unpredictable, far more unpredictable than I, I can remember in, in recent time. But if you want to bet, not just on the NFL draft. Want to bet on the NBA? Head on over to Bet Online. Find all of your latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. Don't forget the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our co- promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So the, this NFL draft for FCS guys, the first day ended up being so eventful, so much more eventful than I was anticipating. And of course, I'm referencing the Cole Strange pick by the Patriots with the 29th selection. I want to start by talking about this Trevor Penning pick, though, at 19 to the New Orleans Saints. I had thought that the Saints acquired both of those picks, those two picks after they traded with the Eagles because they wanted to trade up to either draft Charles Cross in the the top 10, and the Seahawks ended up doing that at nine, or they were going to trade up into the top 15 and draft Trevor Penning. And I think what ended up happening is this run on receivers completely changed their approach because that first pick that they had, they drafted Chris Olave, and they also didn't feel the need to make any moves to go get another tackle. It ends up actually working out perfectly for them because they didn't have to mortgage any capital to go get Trevor Penning. And I, I really like this fit for Trevor Penning. I, I don't know if he's going to play the left or the right tackle. I, I firmly have said that Penning is better playing at right tackle, but you got to love his length. You got to love his tenacity. It's it's everything that you want in an offensive tackle. 
Ryan Roberts, who's my co-host on the NFL Draft Prospects pod on draft night, made comparisons for Trevor Penning and former Saints tackle Zach Streif, which I think is a fantastic comparison in terms of that demeanor, that size. Uh, very interesting that we're going to have Trevor Penning playing for that same team. And they really needed to add an offensive lineman. And I think what's so beneficial for Penning is stepping into a, a spot where he doesn't need to be the best lineman. He can take some time to develop. Don't have high expectations for Penning in his first year. And, and all I mean by that is don't expect him to be one of the best rookie tackles. He's, he's capable of it, but he does need some some work. He does need to improve his technique. He does need to focus on not having as many penalties as he did, which we know he was one of the most penalized tackles in college football last year. But fantastic spot for him. I was saying, and I went on a couple of radio spots leading up to the draft, including one in Chattanooga to talk about Cole Strange. And it was at, I believe it was that show. It was asked to me, who is the likely second FCS guy to go if after Penning? And I, I said, Penning is a guarantee, but who's the, who's the next most likely guy to go? And I said it was Christian Watson. And I said, Christian Watson could be a, a player who sneaks into the first round. And I think we were really close to having that happen with the run on receivers we got. But things started to, to mellow out a little bit. I did not expect Cole Strange, the Chattanooga guard slash center, to be drafted in the first round and then also to be a New England Patriot. It was nothing on my radar whatsoever. And I, I was sitting and in, in recording live coverage with Ryan Roberts that night, and we were waiting to record one of the hits that we did. And I, he, he says, Cole Strange just got drafted by the Patriots. And I didn't believe him because Ryan likes to mess with me on stuff like that because he knows my affinity for the FCS. And I didn't believe him. It was that shocking of a pick. And I don't think anybody else was expecting that. But what this means for Cole Strange is he's going to go to a team that develops offensive linemen very effectively. They value guys that have that really strong base that really powerful lower body that Cole Strange has. He also, similar to Penning, does need a little bit of work, but I think in due time, he will do just fine replacing Shaq Mason. And I know there's you know some partial length concerns because his arms aren't that long. I thought that he was potentially better playing center. David Andrews is going to be their starting center, so they're probably not going to move him around. But to plug him into that spot to replace Shaq Mason, I think that... You give him a year, he's not going to be an immediate impact starter. Um, similar to Penning, he's not going to be an all-pro like Jack Conklin was in his first year. But I think you give him a little bit of time to, to play up his technique and, and, and do well on a team that develops linemen really, really effectively. I think Cole Strange has that capability to, to be really, really good. When we get to the second round... Uh, the, the two likely guys that I was expecting to get end up falling where they did. Christian Watson, as soon as I knew that he was he was off the he was not off the board the first round, I had this this feeling it was either gonna be the 49ers or the Packers. I didn't have any information, but I, I just had a feeling that that either of those made sense. 
him going to the the Packers, I'm a bit torn on. I I, I don't know how I 100% feel about it because I love Christian Watson as a prospect. He he's very fast. He's very explosive. He needs to improve that that drop rate that he has, which is I think it was like hovering around 12%, which was one of the worst amongst the the big name group of prospects that that have been discussed through this cycle. But he as a rookie I don't think is going to be a Jamar Chase or even like a, an 800-yard receiving type of a guy. He's going to make some really, really good plays. He's going to be fantastic in his rookie year. But he's not a guy that's going to step in immediately and have uh, an amazing first season. And I feel as though that the Packers situation demanded somebody who could be that type of a player. And that's why I was perplexed why the Packers didn't draft or try to trade up to draft one of the available receivers. And I, I know that there probably weren't very many options where they were sitting at the end of the first round, but someone like Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson, which was not going to happen, or even maybe Jahan Dotson, I think could have provided more of an immediate impact. Now in the long term, as a long-term play, this is a fantastic pick. Christian Watson is going to develop very nicely, getting the ball thrown to him by Aaron Rodgers, and then eventually probably Jordan Love. But the reason why I'm iffy on this is that I think we're all going to have Actually, I'm not. A lot of people are going to have very high expectations for him. Like I'm seeing on on social media that Drake London has the the, the highest odds of any receiver to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And people are coming and saying, Christian Watson's going to win it. And just because he's in, in Green Bay, it's a foregone conclusion. And I don't think that's fair to Christian Watson. We need to let him get settled. We need him to develop. We need him to improve on some of his weaknesses before he can become an 1,100, 1,200-yard type of receiver, a 10-touchdown receiver. If he surpasses 600 yards in his first season, I think that's a really good year for Christian Watson. And I, I was hoping he would go to a team that he could be that second receiver. I really, because like Tim Patrick was the comparison that I kept throwing out there. Tim Patrick's not the number one receiver on the Denver Broncos. He's the third receiver. It goes Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, and then Tim Patrick. And Tim Patrick does really, really well. And I think Christian Watson has an ability to be more than that. But what makes Tim Patrick good where he is right now is that he's not the only guy that they're throwing the ball to. There are a lot of options in Denver. But here we are with Christian Watson stepping in as the only option. Alan Lazard is the only guy that I can think of that has any real juice on that, that, that Packers uh, receiving group. So I just, I, I'm, I'm excited for him, but I think we need to temper our expectations before we immediately crown this kid to be a dark horse offensive rookie of the year player. The other second round pick though, that we had Montana state's Troy Anderson, uh, Troy Anderson, who we talked very highly of throughout the cycle, green to the linebacker position, but a fantastic athlete, a very smart football player from Montana State, clearly very, very well coached. He is going to be slotted right in with an already fast linebacker group playing next to Deion Jones. That is going to be really fun to watch. After he settles in and maybe after a year or so, that is going to be a really fast, explosive 
linebacker core for the Atlanta Falcons. And I texted Sean because he's a Falcons fan. And of course, he's happy that the FCS kid, the one that we've talked about and one that we've both had draft crushes on through the cycle is now an Atlanta Falcon. And he he was the one who pointed that out, that they are going to have so much speed at their linebacker uh, positions for the next few years. When we get to the fourth round, the one pick that really stood out to me was the selection of South Dakota State's Pierre Strong. And I spent a lot of this draft cycle saying that if Pierre Strong ends up in the right situation, you should be worried. Pierre Strong is a very experienced running back with fantastic vision. That was a great voice crack. A, a, a very experienced running back with fantastic vision. He is experienced to the point where he is going to ha- be able to have an immediate impact. He has taken a lot of carries, taken a lot of reps. And him being a New England Patriot, we know that Bill Belichick likes running backs like this. Sneaky fast, know how to read a hole, know how to hit a hole hard, not necessarily a big bruising back, but very effective, very consistent, consistently healthy. And that's what you're getting with Pierre Strong Jr. And I know I just tried to say that we need to temper our expectations for Christian Watson in year one, but I'm hyping up Pierre Strong Jr., Damian Harris has been hurt a lot, and I know that they drafted another running back separate from Pierre Strong, but if you want to actually make a real dark horse pick, if you can find the odds for it, put your money on Pierre Strong Jr. as a dark horse to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I've been comparing him situationally to James Robinson and Elijah Mitchell throughout this entire cycle, and he's actually very similar play style to Elijah Mitchell, similar speed profile, similar size. I am willing to bet money right now. And I'm probably going to go put money down on bet online once I can find out what I need to pick to actually get get him up in those odds. Probably just going to be the other option. I think that it certainly is a possibility. If he runs for 1,000 yards or even just 800 yards, I'm not going to be shocked. And bookmark this right now when he has that good season because he's going to do it. The other fourth rounders... North Dakota State's Cordell Volson goes to the Bengals, swing guard tackle, uh, another tall athletic tackle. Uh, he's going to a situation where he's probably not going to start right away, but is going to be added depth for now. Houston Baptist and now Western Kentucky quarterback Bailey Zappi also goes to the Patriots. Quickly on this one, I don't fully understand this one. This team has a number of holes, did not spend a whole lot of money in free agency, and they're weak at receiver. They drafted Tyquan Thornton, which was a a huge reach. Then they draft a backup quarterback in the fourth round. I love Bailey Zappi, and I think that he's a friend of the show. He's come on the show before, and I think that Bailey Zappi is going to develop into a really, really good backup quarterback in the NFL, but I just don't know why the Patriots need a backup quarterback. It's a good situation for him. The expectations are going to be low. He's like a, a really really simplified version of, of, of Mac Jones, I think is like a, a, an interesting way of putting him because he's smart, he's intuitive, he threw for so many freaking yards at Houston Baptist, but uh, interesting spot for him to land. And then South Carolina State's Jacoby Durant is uh, a Los Angeles Ram. There are uh, obviously a lot of other picks that happened throughout this, this NFL draft, and I'm not going to hit on all of these, but some of the ones 
that I was a little bit perplexed by. Some of the ones that I, I didn't really understand. Uh, the one in particular that I was not expecting was Andrew Ogletree, the Youngstown State tight end, being selected by the Indianapolis Colts. I, I did not see that coming whatsoever. I had no idea that he was going to get drafted. He's tall. He's not very athletic. So that's a bit of an odd choice by the Indianapolis Colts to, to select Ogletree in that spot. I was excited to see that Daniel Hardy was selected by the Rams, who somebody I didn't think was going to get drafted. He was selected in the seventh round. Matt Willetsko, a fifth-round pick to the Dallas Cowboys. They reached on Tyler Smith in the first round, and then they come back with some tackle depth with Matt Willetsko, so a decent addition for them. Uh, Sam Houston's Zion McCollum, I, I like that he's joining the Buccaneers because he's joining a now veteran group that is still young. So you've got a bunch of guys like Antoine Winfield Jr. that have been around for a, f a couple of years now and playing at a high level. I think that he steps in and, and he is going to, to give him a little bit of time and he's going to fit and mesh very nicely. I think that that pick was a, a very underrated one and a potential, a potential steal amongst the picks. Uh, we also did have the first Jackson state selection for uh, Coach Prime, first player that he's coached up that got drafted. Jackson State's James Houston, outside linebacker, was the Lions selection in the sixth round. So nice to see that that Jackson State has their first player drafted. I'm sure that Shadur Sanders and then Travis Hunter are definitely going to change um, that and the, the, the high rounds that they're going to be selected in. Uh, the last pick, though, that I wanted to hit on that I was really intrigued by, I, I did not know if... if Chris Oladokun was going to be drafted. I really thought that we would see Cole Kelly or Eli, uh, um, not Eli Perry. Oh my God, I'm I'm blanking on the kid's name. the The kid that I played against, EJ Perry. Wow, I think I should remember him. He completely gashed us. EJ Perry, the Brown quarterback. I thought that those guys were going to get drafted before Oladokun was, because Oladokun did get some attention from these these all-star games, but he didn't get the, the higher level attention that those guys did as prospects, per particularly Perry. But Oladokun going to the Steelers is, is intriguing because they drafted Kenny Pickett. He additionally coming in with, with low expectations, doesn't need to start right away, obviously. He's a seventh-round pick. Um, and he's going to be competing for that backup quarterback spot. The only thing that makes things very difficult for Oladokun is trying to unseat the guys that are going to be ahead of him. So we know that Kenny Pickett is going to be competing with Mitch Trubisky for that starting quarterback role. That then puts them at one and two. Mason Rudolph, it's going to be tough to push him out as that third quarterback. And if I'm correct, I believe Josh Dobbs is still still there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you now throw an Oladokun, and it almost feels like this was just a camp body pickup and hoping that that he's a little bit more than that. I, I don't know if he's going to be able to do much going up against these veterans. They have a serious advantage having been there a lot longer than Oladokun was. And I, I like Oladokun as a player, 
Uh, I, I This is somebody who I think is probably going to get cut during training camp and then signed by somebody else to their practice squad. Maybe it's the Steelers who adds them to their practice squad. But it is going to be an uphill battle for Oladokun, but still happy that he was drafted in the seventh round where he was selected. That's going to be it from me, though, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Wanted to recap these picks. Let me know your thoughts. Drop a comment below on any of the thoughts that you have on any of my takes. If you disagree with them, feel free to argue with me. I will gladly respond to any of the arguments that you might have. I'm sure Colin is going to unleash um, a litany of comments underneath this video. So if you want to argue with him, I also encourage you. Wow, I am voice cracking like crazy. I encourage you to do that as well. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back later, folks. Make sure you hit subscribe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.